What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks right here on the Mayo Media Network. Thanks for taking the time to hang out. I'm your host, Chris Meany. We are going to be talking NL win totals, some NL futures, Cy Young, MVP. We even have a World Series pick. And by we, let's bring in my co-host for today, which you can also see throughout the season on fantasy baseball picks and bets presented by prize picks at MLB moving averages. MLB moving AVG is the Twitter handle. He is also the host of cork stats, which you can listen to at FTN big John Legaza, AKA big John. I mean, I don't know. I may have butchered that last name, but John, I always just hear you say big John, big John, big John. It is big John. Welcome in. Well, you actually did a pretty, that's a pretty good job. For a first time around, it does get butchered. I never hold it against anybody, but yeah, Big Johnny Stud will do, man. That's what my friends will call me. Or, you know, among many other things, just don't call me late for dinner, right? As the classic one goes. Chris, I'm super excited to be here, man, to get hooked up with you and Pat. It's It's been kind of surreal, really. You know, I spent years following you guys. I'm going to just try and keep up, and I'm ready to have some fun, man. Let's talk some betting. It's baseball time. I smell the grass, baby. I'm ready to go, you know? <laughs> uh, John is phenomenal over at FTMBets.com, putting in some some futures and bets throughout the season. If you're looking to get a, be a part of the FTN fam, check out FTNBets.com slash pricing. Use the promo code. What do you got? Big John over there. We got Mayo. We got Meanie. It's all good. You can use any of those promo codes to be involved in with the FTN family. But yeah, you're going to be hanging out on the Mayo Media Network throughout the year. That's super exciting. If you're just new to fantasy baseball picks and bets, please subscribe, rate, review. We appreciate that. Like this video. Leave a comment. You're with your favorite pick. Maybe it's your one as we'll roll through. We'll go through every team. We'll look at the win totals. Just maybe a team that stands out to you or your favorite future. It could be an NL Cy Young. It could be an MVP, a team that you think is going to win the World Series. We'll touch on World Series odds towards the end of the show as well. So uh, leave a comment there and hit that like button. Smash it, as our friend Pat Mayo says. So, John, let's get after it. Let's start in the NL. Let's do, obviously, we're doing NL today. We'll do AL after, but NL West. Let's start up at the top with, you know, the best team in baseball on paper. World Series champs, LA Dodgers, a win total here of 102.5. Wow. Minus 130, the over, plus 105, the under. As you see there, Trevor Bauer, we all know about the addition of Trevor Bauer. This is a team that has been to the World Series often over the past few years. They finally uh, got the win last year. You know, not a lot of changes really when it comes to this team. They have basically yeah. the exact same lineup. You're going to see Gavin Lux in the lineup more often this season, a nice young stud. And then I mentioned they bring in Trevor Bauer to go along with Clayton Kershaw, David Price, three Cy Young winners on this team. Then, of course, you got Walker Bueller, who um, could potentially be on, on his way as well. For me, it's a very high number, John, but yeah. a lot would have to go wrong for this team not to flirt with 103 wins, right? They're just so deep, even, even inside the rotation. They have a couple guys that are going to be pitching under their bullpen that you know a lot of teams could use in their own rotation. What do you think about this number, and is it a bet for you? Well, I think you're right. You know, I think you're right about everything. The Dodgers are awesome. They bring back a phenomenal squad, which I think matters because continuity and chemistry matter. You know, if you're going to bring in one piece, the easiest piece to bring in as a starting pitcher, the best 
pitcher to bring in is the Cy Young winner. So like, you know, the Dodgers did everything you could do to create a recipe to get a 102 and a half. That being said, I, I don't go over a hundred. I just don't, I almost, I almost don't do it as a rule. Mm-hmm. I am a better that has a written plan that institutes one. This is not on my written plan, but it almost may as well be. I, I think I'd have to just disagree. The only with the one thing is the amount of things you need to go right to have it happen. I think it's, you know, you said how many you need to go wrong. I think it's how many you need to have right. It's just, it's very difficult to win games. And I think in particular where we might see them fall just short if they do is with the self-emulation in the division with the Padres, where the great Dodger team used to be able to take on a weaker Padre team and count 13 out of 19, maybe better than that. This Padre team might be the only team in the entire league that might be favored to win 10 against the Dodgers, let's say the National League, you know, maybe the Yankees would also, but that's the kind of team that we're talking about. So to have to play that caliber of team that many times and possibly drop nine of those games, that's where I think the 102 doesn't really do it for me. Also, when it comes to these over-under bets, I'm very sensitive to the price and the Dodgers price is going off at 130. So yeah. not only is am I not loving the number 102, you have to pay some juice attached. So I'm a bit allergic to juice. I'm a nefarious cheapskate, Chris. I'd rather not bet than make a bet I don't absolutely love. So though I think the Dodgers are excellent, and I think, I mean, I think they win the division, but think about that. Am I going to bet 103 wins on a team? I'm not certain because those Padres are going to be a thorn in their side to say the least. Yeah, they are. And we'll get to it. You, you bring up some good points. I've never actually taken a team over a hundred wins. It's yeah. I'm with you. It's, it's not for me. The fact that it is minus one thirty is it gives me some pause, but I do think that this is, I mean, they won one Oh six in 2019 last yeah. season. They won what? 43 ball games, 43 and yeah. 17. It's, it's so ridiculous. good. Yeah, it's so they good. were on pace to shatter this. Yeah. yeah they are going to yeah. crush it. Uh, I think I think they win over 103 games. I really do. I, I know that you bring up some good points, but I, I just I look at this team and how deep they are and what they can do if anything happens to say Kershaw and he struggles with a back injury. And, you know, you got Price in there. Is he gonna how many starts is he gonna have? They're talking about him as like a bullpen guy at points in the season. It's crazy, right? Dustin May can step in and give them some innings as well. But it's tough. Yeah, minus one thirty is is not great. Yeah, you know, I got one more thing. Yeah. Uh, of course, I try and stay open to as many resources as I can. Mm-hmm. You know, I use a lot of my own work, of course, but I'm always using others. And one of the, one of my more probably used kind of win projection tools is on fan graphs. Believe it or not, they only have the Dodgers for 98. And I, I think, I think that stems from where I was getting at with the Padres. Meaning, if the Padres weren't as good as they were, and the Padres don't win you know, 11 of the 19 and only win five of the 19, you know, there's kind of the difference between 98 and 104 to put you over the top. So I know I, I made it sound like a little bit granular, maybe more granular than you should look at a future bet like that, but not to say Fangress can predict the future, but there are other smart people that, you know, have that total below. And my guess is just that because the run differential is still number one in the league by Fangraph. So they have that 160, 174 plus run differential, which is phenomenal for the course of the season, but they don't have it translating into the wins. And I think that's why, because of the Padres. 
Yeah. Well, let's get to the produce. Let's right. let's do it. Ninety four point five. There are four teams in the NL with win totals in the seventies, and there's two inside this division. So I think that's part of it as well. Like it's not, it's top heavy. But I mean, Colorado <laughs> lost some guys. Arizona's going through something. San Fran, I you know, a surprising season last year, I thought, but it is you know top heavy. We'll say that. Yeah. But the Padres at ninety four point five minus one twelve each way over under. This is a team that really improved in the offseason, especially uh, with the pitching staff, and they limped into the postseason last year. A, a lot of injuries, right? Mike Clevenger didn't pitch. Uh, Denilson Lamette had the elbow. He didn't pitch. So they bring in you Darvish. They bring in Blake Snell. They bring in Joe Musgrove to go along with Chris Paddock. So this is a rotation that has definitely improved. I don't know if it's as good as the Dodgers. I don't think it is, but it can compete um, with the Dodgers. And I think that was uh, the game plan. We could see Mackenzie Gore in there as well. But the lineup is is much of the same from last season, right? Grisham, you got Fernando Tatis Jr. Everybody knows about him, MVP candidate. Uh, going early, early in your drafts as well. Machado, nice bounce back season from him. Hosmer had a great year. Tommy Pham, Will Myers had a nice bounce back season. Jake Cronenworth was uh, a nice rook that that showed up in spurts last season as well. So they got some players on this team. So are you leaning potentially with the over 94 and a half? If you think that maybe they're going to be a thorn in the Dodgers side? Yeah, 90, 94 and a half is, sounds like it's right where I want to be. I think my my gut has him a little bit higher. I, I still have my own <clears throat> model to do the finishing touches on, but that's a bet I like way more than I like the Dodgers 102. And especially, again, the juice is <clears throat> is set close to even here at, at 110. Um, when I'm looking at futures, right, wanna, it's a broad view, right? It's a 35,000-foot perspective here. And the Padres have all the things that help you win games. Again, uh, Chris, you mentioned, you know, I'm a professional handicapper. I'm doing the daily betting for FTN. So I can't help but think about all of these games in their own little vacuum. The Padres are going to be a favorite four out of five days, maybe five out of five days. Yeah. Depending on if Marhan is is good, they're going to be a favorite all five days. And if he's just okay, they're going to be a favorite four and a half out of five days. And the second they get back, you know, well, the Met, or if they decide to boost up Gore, now you're talking about a team that's a favorite every single day, which, again, similar to the Dodgers, is I bet you I wouldn't be surprised if they have the same favorite rate. But we're talking about eight expected less wins. So the Padres did a lot of things really well. Again, I'm, I'm starting to build my models. So one place that I am using 2020, Chris, where I know, you know, the short sample thing, we've beaten up to death, but the fact is when you look at a whole team and when we try and look at a team, especially myself, I think of them as a singular entity, right? A, a kind of a living and breathing thing. It's very easy to think, Oh, the Yankees get all their runs from the three, four, five. That's not the case. It takes these seven, eight, nine guys to produce. So the Padres last year were phenomenal and they really hold up to a ton of scrutiny. So it wasn't just in production, you know, as a team an 800 OPS as a team, a 115 WRC plus, those are great. They're a young team whose career arc is still on the way up and the discipline was through the roof. They had a sub 10% swinging strike rate. They had a 21% K rate as a team. They were in the top five in chase rates, only 27%. So that's, that's four and a half ticks better than average for a player as a team. Okay. Chasing with 
a better than 85% in zone contact rate. So that's all of your important disciplinary metrics. The Padres are a top five team across the board. And that's before you get into all the delicious, you know, 356 X Woba as a team is like, whew, that's the kind of offense you can get behind. Dude, they brought in, they brought in bullpen to go behind pitching. And it's yeah. not just pitching, Chris. You mentioned it, my man. It's pitching depth. We may not like Lamette where he's going in fantasy drafts, but if he gets back, he's going to be impactful. You know, um, same for Gore. If I get Gore up, he's going to be impactful. And they have a lot of arms in that bullpen. For me, the Padres are a team that I like to go over because I think they could be a 100-win team. You know, I, I think they could be, but I don't need them to win 102. I only need them to win 95. How many innings do you think Gore gets this year? What do you think Man, this year? I, Chris, this stinks because I, I like to talk about stuff like I know everything. And I'm so bad at projecting these young guys because I think I come from a competitive edge where I think if I were the Padres and I needed to win, I would do X. However, they have these weird, wonky monetary incentives that are not tied to success that I have an inherent problem with, but also they bleed out onto the field. So I don't know. I want Gore to be up opening day. If there's a, if there's a spot, how could the best prospect in the league not be pitching for a team that just spent a jillion dollars to win? Yeah. And it's because they want to control him for another year. And it's, it's sick, kind of. So let's say he, he makes it up at the minimum. And let's say... You know, he kind of goes as far as he can. I think you can get 125 from him. I think you might even get it north of that. I'm just trying to play it safe for you. Right. But 125 impactful innings from Mackenzie Gore out of the five-hole, remember. Man, sounds like a 95-win team to me. <laughs> it, it, it certainly does, yeah. I'm, I'm on board. I think that they're a 95-win team. I don't see a lot of holes here. And if anything does happen to like, – I, I have some questions with Snell, like how healthy can he be? And I'm sure that the Padres had some questions about, you know, Lamette with the elbow, right? I know he's throwing and he's throwing heat and it looks like he could be back soon. You alluded to the fantasy, the ADP, the price is, is a little steep. I don't know if he's going to be a guy that has 170 plus innings, but the fact that they just have Mackenzie Gore waiting, hanging around and they can yeah. get him is, is, is a nice luxury for sure. So yeah. I am in on the over. I, I think that this offense will roll again. And, you know, you can't even look at 2019. You just throw it away because they've just had so many improvements since then. I yeah. think the big signing was Hosmer. And then the next year it was Machado. And then Tatis is in. I think we were all, at least me, I was surprised. I thought Tatis should, you know, a couple of years ago when he was spring and there's some talk, oh, the Padres will wait for him. We're, you know, we're not going to see him right away. And I think it was Manny Machado who stepped up and said, no, listen, he's good enough. He needs to be playing. Yeah. <laughs> kind of forced their hand a little bit. Good. And yeah, good is, is right. Yeah. They only had 70 wins. They were 70 and 92 in 2019. Uh, but last season. Yeah, that means nothing to me. That means nothing. Right. It means absolutely nothing because they've had so many um, yeah. additions since then with some of these kids who, who have stepped in and played as well. So 37 and 23 last year, six games back of the Dodgers. But like I said, they limped into the postseason with numerous injuries. So just imagine next year, what this rotation could look like with Gore and maybe a healthy Clevenger. It's yeah. They're on the, they're on the rise. There's no question. A team headed the other way, Colorado Rockies, 63.5. They lose Nolan Arenado. It's 112 both ways over and under. They are also dealing with some injuries. Kyle Freeland, right now is not ready to to go i don't know man there's a lot of question marks when i look at this team look at the lineup 
Uh, Charlie Blackman still has something to offer. Trevor Story, obviously. They bring in CJ Crone. A lot of holes, man. Uh, Garrett Hampson is a guy that I'd like to see get more playing time. I just I don't know if he's going to get it. I can't say with confidence he's going to get it. This is a kid that strikes out a lot, but just give him some playing time. Let's see him play. I think this is going to be a bad baseball team. I don't think that they're going to um, – I think they're going to give up a lot of runs. Not crazy about their pitching staff. I love Marquez at the top. I'm not sold on John Gray. And then elsewhere, there's a lot of questions. So I, 63 is tough, man. It's a, it's a tough number to to take the under, but it's kind of how I'm leaning right now. I don't know. What do you think? To go under – yeah, if, if I had to, it's probably under, but – I'm going to go but. The same way I don't like to look for 100 wins – I also don't really like to look for 100 losses, and that's what you're asking for, more or less. It's 63. You're looking for 100. You're looking for 100 loss team. I was under on the Rockies last year, and I hit that one. But I think the public now, with Arenado leaving, is totally off. My gut says that's not enough. And again, I go back to that handicapping lens, and it has to do with how ridiculous Coors is as a venue, and. I give you a good example. Even when the aces were out there, so like, you know, uh, Walker Bueller goes to Coors to pick Herman Marquez, and the over-under is still 14 and a half, right? So the Dodgers rake, the Rockies hit at home, but you still have two really great pitchers, and it doesn't matter. The over is still 30% higher than anywhere else in the league ever. And where I'm getting at is that tells you enough of the story about how wonky these games are it's very hard to pick a favorite in cores because of that, you know, these in bullpen implosions and six run ninth innings. It's just, it's totally nuts. So my gut would tell me 63 is way too low to go under. And if I had to, gosh, I guess it's under cause they stink. I don't like to ask for teams that don't win games to win. And we know bad teams also sell off, right? There's that, anti-winning attitudes that we see kind of materialize. So usually for me, these are just a total fade. My unders, Chris, I like to go under high numbers, right? I want the public to push up a total for me to go under it rather than the public pushes down a total for me to even go to the very, very, very bottom. I don't know if that, if that kind of makes sense, right? We no, want to, yeah, I guess, let's try and keep it within that window. If I can, a hundred, everyone, you know, the hundred mark is probably a good like line of demarcation for me. Let's say I don't shoot for a hundred wins and I don't shoot for a hundred losses. So maybe it's just a stay away. Yeah, there are feeds. Yeah. Hey, listen, man, I'm famous for that. Bet no bet better than a bad bet. It's it's right. the truth. All right, um, Arizona, seventy four and a half minus one eighteen over minus one hundred six under. Arizona was a disappointing se- like. I had higher expectations for them last year. I, I'd like to, they brought in some pieces in the off season and the bats just weren't great. Like David Peralta struggled. Cattell Marte struggled to start the season Ed, Eduardo Escobar. He also struggled. They, there were some guys in this lineup that they, they weren't really all that good. They weren't living up to the hype. They weren't scoring runs. I remember betting on their team totals at three and a half, like each. So I was like, yeah, you know, they'll get there. And, and they just struggle to get there most times. Like I think the one constant in their lineup towards the second half was Cole Calhoun. And no disrespect to him, it, it can't be Cole Calhoun. It right. has to be some some other guys in there stepping up. So Madison Bumgarner is the quote-unquote ace inside this rotation. 
Merrill Kelly is there as well. He's not a guy that I'm crazy about. Gives up a lot of contact, a lot of fly balls. Caleb Smith, same sort of deal. Not as much contact, but most of the contact he gives up fly balls and bombs and the command is not great. I like Luke Weaver as a pitcher. I'm not, I'm not into this team. Um, the win total is, I think it's a fair number. I'm kind of leaning the under, I see them as like a 70 win team. What do you think? Yeah, that's, that's where I, you couldn't have said it any better. Uh, they were disappointing. So I do expect a bit of a, resurgence from the offense relative to where they played last year. But these are the teams that I feel are really going to become the victims of the Dodgers and the Padres. Right. Those, you know, if we think they're both going to win, right. I may not like the Dodgers for 102, but if the Dodgers were 94 and a half, the way the Padres were, I'd be smashing that one. Mm -hmm. So that means I think that there's 190 total wins between those two teams, which means there's going to come from the expense of somebody and the Diamondbacks are going to be one of those, right. Let's take out that handicapping lens, Chris, Man, it's almost tough to find any scenario where the Diamondbacks are even money with either of the Padres or the Dodgers on any given night. So it's possible in Arizona, Bumgarner versus Morahan, the Diamondbacks are a plus 115. They're still the underdog. So there's a chance that they just get mopped up in the division. I mean, where it could be really ugly. Even if they're okay outside of the division, where if the Padres take 15 of those 19 and the Dodgers take 15 of those 19, or let's say they lose 28 of those, you know, 38, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. And it's going to be very hard to make that 75 in that case. So if I had to, I think I'm, I think I'm under the Diamondbacks also. If anybody overproduces, they're going to be on the first bus out of there, you know, to a competing team. The Diamondbacks have shown us they they have no problem bringing in people, right. but they have no problem turning that revolving door, you know, right around, just pushing the door and letting them go right out the other end. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. A couple of years ago, they were bringing in some pieces and I liked the pieces that they added. I thought that yeah, they yeah. were going to be, a, you know, a con contending team. And then all of a sudden they're shipping guys out as well. And you're absolutely right. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, one or two pieces are, you know, from this lineup, if they start slow, that, you know, they're just out of town. This was the worst team in the NL West last year. I know last season, again, take with a grain of salt, it was only, you know, felt like a handful of games at 25 and 35. Like they were... They're not great. Yeah. They're brutal yeah. away from Arizona as well, nine and twenty-one. So it, 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 this wasn't a good ball team. I don't like the staff. There's some some guys that can rake inside this division. So it's yeah, it's it's not. I I am gonna lean to the under. I like I said, I think they're a seventy-one team. It's actually one of my favorite bets uh, altogether. I'm just not totally in. Yeah on uh, Arizona. Anything to add, or you want to move on to the Giants? Yeah, Giants. Let's go. Let's go Giants 75 and a half. Again, I said it earlier. This is a team that surprised me last year. And even a couple years ago, they went through this two week stretch where they were scoring runs like crazy. It's like, <laughs> what is happening here yeah. with the, with the Giants? And they made quite a few additions, nothing crazy. Like Tommy LaStella is going to lead off for them. Kirk Sally, like, all right, yeah. Aaron Sanchez, Espafani, <laughs> okay, whatever. Jake McGee is going to close games for them, all right. But they at least, you know, made a couple moves and they brought in uh, in some pieces. Is this a 76, 77 win team in your eyes? Yeah, you know what? This is a kind of team that I actually like yeah. for a futures play. 
And it's funny, um, a very good friend of mine named his fantasy team, not after these giants, but kind of, and they're the blue collar heroes. And <laughs> that's the feeling that I get from these giants. It's that, that lunch pail group. They're really cool dudes. Like it's probably one of the most fun clubhouses to hang out in because they don't take themselves too seriously. It's not a ton of egomaniacs. Something that they used to say about my Yankees, one team, 25 players, 25 limos the giants i feel like ride on the team bus you know what i'm saying like that's the feeling that you get from them but to, to a little more kind of objective analysis the giants made some sneaky upgrades right and in the places where i think you need them to win games so they there's a little bit of pitching here now right so gaussman who's been good i'm kind of buying that resurgence along with a bit of the fantasy community you know he's going among pretty legit starters anti-disco discofani and when he's healthy also pretty effective they brought him in in december and logan webb has kind of set the world on fire in fantasy circles he's looked Phenomenal. Now, again, I'm, I'm not trying to pitch the Giants as this world beater, but what I am trying to do is let's put them up relatively against the Diamondbacks. We have a similar, right? It's a, oh, one game off in the win-loss total, which, again, people, one of the most important things for future bets because they can be so volatile. Shop them around. You know, you might find somewhere where the Diamondbacks have a, a different win total than the Giants altogether. So definitely look around. But the Giants back them. Tyler Rogers, Reyes Marantas, and Jake McGee. They actually have like a three-headed monster. Just because you haven't heard the names, those are guys that get critical outs. Those guys are very good. And to that blue-collar offense again, you know, listen, La Stella, you str- I mean, it's funny. It sounds like a list of most improved unknowns. Right. And if you want to give me a list of those guys, it's La Stella, Yastrzemski, Solano, Alex Dickerson, Buster Posey, Brandon Belt. That just happens to be the Giants' front seven lineup. So – Back to what I was saying about public narratives, how the public sets the bar and where we want to try and clear it, the public is pushing them down. So when the public is pushing down a team that I like, I'm more apt to shoot over. Opposed to the Rockies is the public is pushing down a team I don't like. So we're kind of moving in the same direction as the market. It becomes a race to the bottom. And with our luck, the Rockies will win 65. You know, they'll still be terrible, but they won't clear our bet. Something like the Giants... Hey, man, I think they get to 77, I almost want to say kind of easily. Like, I think if we would look back at the beginning of the season, who was our head scratcher? They surprised us with four extra wins. I think it's the Giants. Yeah, I like their bullpen, right? You just listed a couple guys there. Uh, Reyes is, yeah, he's a, he's a guy that, you know, you can take in the later part of your draft. And even if he doesn't fall into saves right away, I think he probably falls into about 12, maybe. Yeah, at, sure. At least maybe he takes over. It, does, it doesn't matter. They can do some sort of committee there at, at time. But he's a guy that, you know, if you're looking for somebody at the end, you know, if you – NFBC leagues, you roll out nine pitchers or whatever. Like he's a guy that can just help your ratios out. He probably yeah. ends up with about 80 K uh, towards that's, by the that's end. That's a of the great season. point for this. Isn't we weren't really doing fantasy, but if people no. are interested, that's a great point. You know, as we were expecting the top end of the innings pitched curve to be flattened, right? A flattening of a different curve. Yeah. Effective relief pitchers, you know, particularly those guys with very high per inning efficacy, really can kind of close the gap. And I think Marantis is almost a weekly starter in NFPC leagues. Just to what you're saying, I wanted to kind of hammer that home. It, it, that even maybe translates into what we're doing here with futures. And what I'm saying is how are teams going to win games with starting pitching volume in question? And it's going to be with high impact relievers. So give me the giants over the diamondbacks 
just every day, all day. You know, I want the Giants over the Dimebacks pretty much every day, no matter how we slice it. Yeah, and you know what? They're going to be underdogs most times too, right? Yep. They're going to be plus money a lot. Uh, I oh think. yes. Oh, I love yeah, that. They're yeah. a team that you can you can get on board with. Yeah, I'd rather roll out the reliever than a guy you know who's getting a spot start or a two start average guy who's just yeah. going to blow up my ratios. This is kind yes. of my strategy when it comes to that. But um, so for the division, it's I mean minus two fifty for the Dodgers, plus two hundred for the Padres. I mean that's it, right? I mean you, you go oh, either yeah, way. Yeah. It's I, I won't lay any money on the Dodgers <laughs> right. or, or the Padres for this. But I wanted to bring that up in general. The the two playoff teams. I don't think we'll it, Giants aren't a playoff team, right? You agree? I mean, you we would need them to sneak into the second wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So but I, the- again, I don't think it. I don't think it can happen. But uh, baseball's kind of wonky, and I do think they check a couple boxes. They're plus eight hundred, John, to make the playoffs. Wait, who's that? The Giants. The Giants they're, to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're plus oh. eight hundred. Okay, see, so like, I'm not putting the farm on that. Mm-hmm. Put eight to one to get in the playoffs. I mean, I think we bad. have to line up who else we like in that wild card spot. And if we think the Giants have the pitching, then yeah, that's 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 it's viable. I think it's viable. All right, so let's go over to the NL Central. You got the St. Louis Cardinals, Chicago Cubs, Pittsburgh Pirates, Milwaukee Brewers, and Cincinnati Reds. The cards here, the the favorites, eighty six point five minus one hundred six over minus one eighteen under. So on Mean Streets, when I did the Cardinals preview over at FTN, um, I, I said that I thought that this was the Cardinals division to lose. And it's not that I think that this is a, a fantastic team, but I see teams inside this division who are not necessarily great and a couple that are heading in opposite directions. I'll say that. So the Cardinals, obviously the big addition was is Nolan Arenado. Of course, you you. you Fantasy aside, you bring him away from cores. Uh, interesting uh, splits <laughs> over the past couple of years. We'll see how he does there. Uh, the rotation I don't love. I like Flaherty up at the top, but Wayne Wrights, you know, he had some moments last year where he was okay, at least serviceable in the fantasy community, especially at home. He really put, pitched well at yeah. home last season. Looks like Carlos Martinez is going to be back inside the rotation. I uh, don't mind their bullpen. I think they got some some pitchers there and Reyes and Hicks who can bring it. Of course, Andrew Miller still has something to offer as well. Uh, I, I, I think that this is a 90-win team. And I don't even mind their World Series odds when we can get to it. I don't think that they're going to win the World Series, or maybe you can hedge in around that point. I just think that they have a great shot to make the playoffs, and that's why I like their World Series odds. Got the Cubs, who are regressing. The Pirates are not good. The Brewers, okay, they bring in some guys. We'll get to them in a little bit. They can play defense. Maybe they'll, you know, win a couple one-run games, the bullpen and whatnot. And the Reds still got some pieces, lost a couple as well. I think this is a 90-win team. Am I crazy to think that? No, it's it's not crazy. I mean, and listen, the line is set at 87, so you're not that far off being right or wrong. Again, a couple bounces and you're right, and a couple bounces the other way and you're wrong. So, no, it's not crazy. If if the line was 78 and you thought 90, that's more of like, man, maybe you're crazy. <laughs> but in particular with this line, minus 106, which I love about DraftKings, that they'll give you better than the 110 juice, mm-hmm. which again matters kind of over time. Um, let's see. Cardinals, to me, that's a very accurate line. I don't think I would touch the over-under because of the way they get it done. They're like the blue chip version of the blue-collar heroes. Like, if there's a the most expensive blue-collar brand, that's the Cardinals. They seem to get it done in the weirdest ways. No, it's not. They don't really slug. I mean, last year, the offense was kind of terrible. You know, again, I'm, I'm racking up some of these stats and stuff just to look at it. And from a power perspective, 
the Cardinals were really just terrible. One of the worst in the entire league. They had a team hard hit rate of 31%, stat cast 35 home run a fly ball rate of only 11%. That was the worst in the league. They had a team WOBA of 264, which is really bad. That was also the worst in the league, as well as a 347 WOBACon that was like bottom five or six. You're not making so, people good about the Cardinals right now. Well, well, well he, but, 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 that's what I mean. They get it done with quality of players. You can't really scout for wins, right? Wins are different. Wins are partly made up of intangibles and things that are like like clutch and making big plays that we have trouble quantifying. But the Cardinals have those guys. A lot of times it has to do with defense. The Cardinals' defense is excellent, right? And it comes off as clutch when it was really just Goldsmith. Goldschmidt picks everything near him. You know, right. he picks everything near him, and it makes all the infielders look great, and it drops all the pitcher whips, and it gets you out of tough innings, and that translates into big wins. So – the line is probably a little too sharp for me on the over-under. What I do like is the World Series total that you had kind of briefly mentioned. And I'm seeing them on DraftKings at 22 to 1. Yeah. So last I checked, there's only 30 teams in the league. And the Cardinals being one of the better teams, not great, but they're one of the better teams. So they should be better than 22 to 1. Again, because they, I mean, if you are into high-impact relievers, then, I mean, the, the the Cardinals are for you, right? That's between Reyes and Gallegos and, and Hicks. It's just unbelievable. And the fact, you know, you could see Andrew Miller, who's like a forgotten entity on that team, and he's got a ton of experience. So right. the Cardinals can shorten a game to five or six innings. It's that rotation you mentioned that worries me. And that's why I can't go to 90 with confidence to take you on the long run of your original question, Chris. I like him. But we are going to need health from Wainwright. I'm not worried about the production. But we're going to need health and production from both Ponce de Leon and Gant, something we haven't gotten altogether. Yeah, that's that's my biggest question mark, too, with their their rotation. I don't like it. They need a, they need another arm. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, look, looking at the, the World Series odds, like there's not a lot of teams that, you know, are almost – I don't want to put out the word a lock, but they're a good chance to make the playoffs, like favorites to win the division. They're minus right, 124 they're to make the playoffs. Yeah. And they're 22 to – I'm seeing DK 22 to 1 yeah. to win the World Series. Like, again, I don't think that they're World Series contenders. Right. But I think I would be shocked, honestly, if they didn't make the postseason with just how this division – has played out in the off season. And it's not even just Arenado bring him in. Like he, I still think he has, <laughs> he's going to be a fine bat in this lineup. And I believe in, in Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill to potentially give them something offensively. Um, yeah. Maybe a little bit of a breakout from one of the two, if both break out, then I definitely think that this is a 90 win team. I like the minus minus one twenty four for playoffs. I know it's just a little bit, but I, I like, again, I think that they're, uh, certainly a playoff team. The Cubs, 78.5. Oh, oh, by the way, one more thing. I know we're talking DK here, but shop around. FTNbets.com is a free par- free parlay calculator, free prop shop. Shop around. William Hill, they have a boost for the Cardinals over 86.5 at plus 150. So just shop around. Um, okay, Chicago Cubs, 78.5, minus 112 for the over, minus 112 for the under. So this is one of the teams that I feel like I just don't know, right? I just... 
I don't know what the heck the Cubs are doing. A couple of years removed from the World Series, uh, they lose Darvish. I think it was a fine trade. You trade him away. I mean, you get the best. You're, you're kind of in the rebuild. I mean, I think if they trade Chris Bryant, then definitely. Uh, but Bryant, they bring in Jock Peterson. They still got Rizzo there, who is hasn't been all that healthy over the past couple of years. Back has popped up. Javier Baez had a, had a down season. Ian Happ looks like he's going to lead off for this Cubs team. Oh man, I don't know really what to make of the Cubs. I don't think that they're an 80 win team. I think that they're they're a bad squad. I I wouldn't be shocked if Chris Bryant was was traded at some point. They lost Schwarber as well. What do you make of Chicago? Yeah, for me it's it's like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing. And I there's I have two two points to that kind of fork, I guess. One is the disparity in the pitching, right? So a guy like Kyle Hendricks goes out there and you're a favorite against anybody. He's the man, he's going to go deep. He does it all you know, controls contact, keeps it down, and then probably gets far enough to hand it to the better part of the bullpen to shut the door. Mm-hmm. Again, to the Jekyll and Hyde thing, the Cub bullpen specifically was Jekyll and Hyde last year. They were the worst in the league in the front half, and then like the best in the league in the second half, and that had to do with Mr. Jekyll and Hyde himself, Craig Kimbrell, you know, who we just don't know what we're going to get. Yeah. And I hate, you know, you hate to hang the win total on a single player, but the bullpen is going to matter. They a blew lot. a lot of games last year. Yeah, and then they won a lot of games later on. <clears throat> you know, he was just so good at the end. So it, it's 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 very hard to get behind again to the depth of pitching, right? I'm ta- I've talked, even though I've been a little non-committal, which is part of the game when you're unsure. The things that I am into are not found in Chicago. Rotational depth is not there. I like Hendricks and I like Davies in a dead and ball error, but they feel more like a two and a three to me more than a one and a two. And then the back end of the bullpen is Kimbrell, who's very uncertain, Workman, who walks the yard, and then a lot of we don't know. So there's a pathway for the Cubs to bottom out. There really is. There's a pathway for these Cubs yeah. to bottom out, ship Hendricks, ship Baez, and then yeah. it's over. You know, yeah. then forget it. You don't want over 65. They're going to, you know, they may just let, you know, just let the ship sink. So I, yeah, we have to keep that in mind, right? When we're making these bets because the market hasn't suppressed, but not fully suppressed. So I think there's room for an underplay here. I wouldn't go over. I wouldn't go over here either uh, to all those points that you made. Cause I'm just not sure the direction. It does seem like, if this team starts slow, they they move on from some of those pieces that you mentioned, and I wouldn't be shocked. I know that they they won the division last year, thirty four and twenty six, but I just like I said, I th- I would I wouldn't be surprised, man, if they moved on from a couple, and then we're just looking at a team that's you know seventy wins. The I probably I'm probably going to stay away, but if I had to pick a side, it would be the under. Um, last year, I bet the under on the Pirates. Do you remember offhand what their win total was? Oh no, I don't. I don't know. Twenty five point five. I got it. And you went and you went under that. And I got it. And you they won it. nineteen <laughs> they games. And I got it early. John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got it early. Yeah, they were really nineteen and forty one. Uh, the Pirates. So uh, the win total here for Pittsburgh is fifty nine point five. You talked earlier about not betting on a team to win a hundred, not betting on a team to lose a hundred. I don't know if I'll go under again with this squad, but. Uh, this is this is not a good team at all, and they lost their best bat in Josh Bell in the offseason. They got some kids and Hayes, and I'm excited about them. And Brian Reynolds and Kevin Newman two years ago 
had high BABIPs and they regressed a little bit. It was a small sample size. Maybe they would have been able to pick it up in the second half, but I think they're a little bit better of what they than what they showed last season. But this is still a team that they're just not going to score a lot of runs, John. Yeah, and and unfortunately, the worst thing that you can pair not scoring with is allowing tons of runs. Yeah. So I think we have a team here that is going to allow a just a, an absolute metric ton of runs because they didn't. Uh, I mean, they've had talent. Right, this yeah. this rotation could have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Glass now and Musgrove, and it doesn't. Garrett it Cole. doesn't. It has. It looks like Tyler Anderson acing this staff, which is just awful. Chad Cool, who I, I think I kind of like. I've seen some yeah, small people too. at pitcher list kind of get down on Chad Cool. That might be all right. Mitch Keller. I mean, again, he's he's got, uh, you he's know, got promise. He's got some. Yeah. Promise. Okay. Yeah. I agreed, but. How many like eight earned run performances are we willing to just say, all right, all right, he's going to strike out the world though. And that's the thing. His, I always try and say open to the downside. His downside is just full implosion. And that's unfortunate, but it is what it is. JD Brubaker has got some shine as well. And then Will Crow, I really don't even know. Richard Rodriguez, the heading the bullpen out there is already one of the top trade targets. The season didn't even start yet. And he's already one of the top trade targets. So very hard to get behind the Pirates. Yeah, they're too bad to go over, and I think the number is too low to go under. I think you just just enjoy watching him be decimated, you know? <laughs> just enjoy. I produced a, a podcast at the Athletic, a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. It was tough for the hosts to enjoy much of the season, uh, yeah. but I thought they did a very good job. Shout out to Rob Beer Temple. I thought he did a, a phenomenal job of making the show creative when you're just – Another day at the ballpark. Well, the, the <laughs> Fights in the is, clubhouse and guys the, the shipped off. Like and... The uh, the players are there sometimes. So it's almost like some teams say, man, we just can't get it right. Or it's injuries. The Pirates, they're like, I don't know. We keep having these good players. And then we trade them for nothing. And then they go on to be great. And we don't know what's going on. And it's, listen, you guys are not developing your young pitching. You're selling out your hitters. I mean, Josh Bell... Looks now, I mean, there's there's too many incidences of people leaving to improve when you need to worry about their development is a major issue, you know? Yeah, and the trade for Archer, like, oh, my goodness. Like, every move that they've oh. made over the past oh, Meadows, right? couple of years, Meadows, Meadows right? Garrett Cole, like, it's just... Oh, Garrett Cole! I forgot. The, the list goes on over the past few years of the pieces that they've lost. And remember the run in, that they had in the postseason? Like how how awesome was that at PNC? Like Johnny Cueto's on the hill and he drops the ball and the fans go nuts and the next pitch is a home run deep to left. I think it was uh, Russell Martin. Like it's just, it seems like forever ago that that yeah. moment where they had all these young promising pieces. Blanco right? hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. Marte, like, oh man. All right. Yeah, right the potential was there the potential yeah, was there it's they just, didn't materialize yeah it's enough about the pirates we gotta yeah. move along <laughs> okay uh let's see what do we got here milwaukee 82.5 minus 118 for the over here minus 106 for the under so they they made some moves they got colton wong there the addition a free agent signing from st louis looks like he's gonna begin the season leading off christian yelich had a bit of a down year but i think he can re- 
don't think he can return close to his MVP form. Uh, Lorenzo Cain just opted out last year, I believe, off the top of my head. I think so. Travis Shaw, Jackie Bradley Jr. Shaw's back again uh, with the team. Jackie Bradley Jr. can give a lot um, defensively. This was I was talking to later uh, earlier in the show about uh, the defense. Oh, yeah. You know, I like some of the pitching here. Uh, Woodruff is a stud. Corbin Bur- Burns showed some showed some awesomeness last year. He's got yeah, some swing and miss stuff, man. I like this kid a lot. I think he's great. Call him a kid. I think he's 26, but uh, Hauser, Freddie Peralta has, has yeah. right. He's buzzing. Um, bullpen is nice, right. With Williams and Hader. Uh, what do you, what do you think with this Milwaukee team yeah. is I think they're, they're the team that is going to push St. Louis uh, for the division. If there's a team there, I think it's them. What do you think about the total? Yeah. I, th- I actually think you, you just drew up a very interesting parallel uh, to before with the West, the Dodgers and the Padres feel kind of similar. The Dodgers get the narrative boost. Now it's not a perfect comparison because the Dodgers are head and shoulders better. But there you see a team, the second place team that could give you a run, but there's like a six or seven game difference. And I think we have the very same thing here with the Brewers who, man, if I didn't see these lines, I would think they're very similar to the Cardinals. So either the Cardinals line would have to come down the Brewers line would have to go up or a combination of the two. So I think, again, we're going to see some of that emulation, that self-emulation in the division. But I have the Brewers as a favorite in the majority of their games. You know, uh, you alluded to the, the pitching. Brandon Woodruff is an ace. He's a favorite. Mm-hmm. Corbin Burns is an ace. He's a favorite. Adrian Hauser has been very good. He's a pitcher I've been on for a while. Now, granted, we'd like to see a little more de- uh, distance from him. But he's very good. The same thing you said for Anderson, he's not exciting. He's vanilla ice cream. But listen, vanilla ice cream is good sometimes, you know, on a hot day. And then Peralta, you mentioned, who is pretty explosive. And then the guy he took the spot of, Josh Lindblom, who's got a 30% yes. K rate. So, again, right, of these common threads that I'm always, right, within my maniacal ramblings at times, there are, there are common, like, themes. So I mentioned pitching depth. So there we mentioned six legitimate starters so if they lose one they have a legitimate guy to step in they don't lose a beat where the cardinals are iffy already at the back end who is projecting more than 120 innings for carlos martinez right so they may have an in pitch problem in st louis that i don't think they're going to have in milwaukee and they greatly improved not only the lineup which everybody runs to right Colt Wong, and you run to bet on the new lineup. You mentioned what's really important, Chris, and again, smart people tend to do those kind of things, is the improvement of the defense up the middle is, oh my goodness, just it cannot be understated how critical it is. Second base and center field are critical defensive positions, and the Brewers are now elite there. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to need the help, right? Because everyone does but you've given a tremendous boost to a team that also didn't have low Kane. He's back. Say what you want about him. He's a good player. He's a good fielder, right? And he's productive hitter. So the Brewers, I see them on a, a a precipitous kind of upswing, you know, a lot of reasons to be buying in Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff upside of the career arc as the public is still, I feel like suppressing this 2020 narrative. So I'm, I'm all about, the Brewers, that's like, that's one of my, that's one of my overs for sure. You know, if they come, I think they come in, man, I don't want to say like too far ahead, but I have them pretty comfortably ahead. All right. I mean, maybe to win the division. Well, oh, I'm glad, you know, in my rambling again, I lost that. They're labeled on DraftKings at three to one, Chris. 
That's a misprice. I feel like I could take that one to court and win that one. That's a misprice. It should be much closer to the Cardinals. Maybe that has to do with the Reds, but I think the Brewers are the steady Eddie. I think if we're going to have a shift in the top three, it will be the Cardinals and the Reds opposed to the Cardinals and the Brewers. So yeah, I'm, I'm bullish on Milwaukee. Yeah, plus one plus one forty five to make the postseason, three to one for the division, eighty two and a half. I think those are all interesting bets. As much as I talked about the Cardinals to start, I mean, I do feel like Milwaukee is the second, or maybe you know, easily. Like I wouldn't be shocked, I guess, if Milwaukee won the division, but I do think St. Louis is definitely a playoff team. So like maybe two teams in the postseason out of this division, or maybe it's three as we move on to the Cincinnati Reds, eighty one point five. The over is plus 100. The under is minus 124. This was a popular team for us, I feel like, over at FTN Bets. 32 is the win total. Did not get it, and I was frustrated. Oh, man, was I frustrated. They won 31 games, but we had them, I think, as, like, most of us over at FTN had them to make the playoffs, plus 110 to make the postseason, and and we got that. But uh, there's some long shots to win the Central. Didn't get that, but... This was a team that started off very, very slow. Remember, John? It was really slow. I, yeah. I, I remember the bats. I remember talking about them a lot over at FTN with the, the DFS, like the offense. I like it. And I liked the pitching staff as well. Bauer is obviously gone. Iglesias is gone. Uh, but they still have a lot of the same hitters there. And, you know, Castellanos and Suarez and Moose. Uh, Votto is tw- trending towards the end of his career. But... Um, they still have some guys who can, you know, get on base and score some runs. What do you think? Can they improve? Can they keep things going? Are they a, a team that you're 82 wins plus money? Can you get behind that? Uh, they're, they're a really tough team. The, the pitching staff Again, is, not is as good. Uh, you know, the Jekyll and Hyde there. When Castillo's on the mound, they're excellent. However, sure. where, you know, the Brewers stepped up and cleaned up the defense, the Cardinals did not. Now, granted, I don't know a ton about Jonathan India, who appears to be making the team and is is going to be playing for them at second base. At second base. But for me, that's maybe part of the issue is it feels very willy-nilly what the Reds are doing. And a lot of us Castillo believers, I know we were basically praying that they were going to bring in Andrelton Simmons when he was floating out there to clean up the infield defense for the, you know, 55% ground baller on the team. And they didn't do that. They moved over their bulky third baseman to play short and brought up a rookie to play second and Nick Senzel in center, who's kind of been banged up. So I, what I'm getting at is I'm worried about the things that I want to feel secure in before I bet them. I'm worried about the pitching depth. I like Castillo and I like Tyler Molly. I, I do like not Molly like too. Wade Miley or Hoffman. I didn't no. Uh, no. I didn't know they were retreading him. I like Lorenzen, but he's banged up. I like TJ Antone in a major way. Not sure what we're going to see from him. And I've loved Jose De Leon for a long time. But again, he's certainly one of those guys. Going to be hard to project him more than 115 or 25 innings. I even feel like getting to 125 is extremely lofty with his history. So where are those innings going to come from? And are they going to be quality? I don't know. You shift over to the bullpen. I liked Iglesias a lot, and I like Garrett and Sims are okay. You know, they're both good, but they don't have the game-shortening potential I was talking about to lop automatically, lop off that inning, right? And you're the Brewers now with, you know, Hayter is a lock. He looks like he's going to be a traditional closer. And Devin Williams 
performing voodoo on the mound and breaking the gravitational vectors that we, as we understand them with the airbender pitch, cutting off innings. I, I, I don't think I can get behind the Reds here. I love them last year. Chris, you were talking I to me. I was pumping the Reds. And I feel like if that season was 162, they were a World Series contender. Yes, I, I agree. They were heating up, man. We were getting yes. what we wanted. The season just was not long enough. Yeah. And we see, we saw them kind of jettison top end talent. Hard to get behind that, right? The organization, again, to that organizational narrative, the Reds themselves are not giving me confidence. How dare you, you know, let all that talent go? Maybe Bauer, maybe it's a personal thing, but yeah. Iglesias is, he was a, he's a Red. You know, right. uh, he's a Cincinnati Red. I'm a bit of a Red fan myself. I root for the Reds when I'm not rooting for the Yankees. And they are telling me the first interest, the, the player's gone. So I, I have to have more confidence in the Reds to uh, to get to, what, 81? Dude, yeah. same price, same – give me the Brewer. I mean, that, to me, that's like – Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. And as an Angels guy, I'm happy about Iglesias. Could, could use the help in the bullpen. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it seemed like they kind of not went all in, but the additions that they made in the offseason and then just to kind of get away from all of that in what was just a short season. And then they're still going to be competitive, but I, I would have liked to see, I, like be aggressive on the market for a shortstop or a second baseman. It's just a hole that they've had for a while now that they haven't been able to fill it. I think they need a, a sunny gray, a healthy sunny gray all year too. And yeah, yeah. Dealing with a back injury currently. So we're, we're at the 50-minute mark. We are talking long about baseball, and we haven't even got to the it. most competitive division, I think, in the NL yeah. and maybe all of baseball, really, in the NL East. we got the Braves, the Nats, the Mets, the Marlins, and the Phillies. Let's start with the Braves, 91.5 plus 105 for Atlanta. I love this team. I like them a lot. I was in on them last year to win the World Series. Uh, they were up on the Dodgers, man. Looked like they were going to get it done, and they lost four straight, and the rest is history. They lost in seven against the Dodgers. Uh, LA goes on to win the World Series. Not a lot of changes in their lineup. Uh, all all studs. I love all the the first four hitters there in Acuna and Albies and Freeman and Azuna, who is awesome. Uh, Freeman, obviously, NL MVP. Azuna, I think, was second in baseball in hits. He had a monster season. Awesome. Uh, Travis Arno, I think, had um, you know an, you know a solid campaign really. Swanson, I think we could see more from him. He can grow. Austin Riley, I think there's room to grow. Pache is going to be uh, in the lineup. He's a terrific defender. And yeah. you bring in Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson. How many innings are you going to get out of him? He showed some flashes, man. The command, maybe whatever. There's, he's going to have to to grow as a young pitcher, and the command's going to have to improve for him. I think it will. But, you know, in small sample sizes, especially in the postseason against the Dodgers, I mean, he had terrific outings against them in the postseason. You bring in Drew Smiley, I don't know how much he has to offer, but maybe a little bit of upside there. they got some pitchers inside the bullpen. It is a very competitive division. They're probably going to beat up on each other. I don't know if I'm in on this over. I think it's a very sharp number at 91.5, but they are my, I think that they're going to win the division and they're, they're my favorite team in this division. What do you think? Yeah, there's certainly a lot to like about the Braves. I'm kind of scratching my chin a little bit. Again, when you do futures people, both Chris and I mentioned shopping around. Sometimes it's looking for hints, even on the same site, right? So the Braves are over 91 and a half plus 105. The Mets plus 90.5, 130. So there's a huge, that's a pretty huge disparity there even within the same division. I guess the answer has to do with, you know, you mentioned them beating each other up. I kept saying stuff emulating. 
And yeah, that in itself is going to make it extremely hard for me to go with any win totals in, in, in the NL East. Yeah, I, I almost feel like if I had to, everything's basically a blind under. Yeah. Because they're all just going to beat each other. They're all just going to be beating each other down. My other worry is, again, to these kind of Jekyll and Hyde's. So the Phillies are a Jekyll and Hyde team. When you get Aaron Nola, listen, that's a, that's a stud, man. That's a very difficult team because he's a he's an A1 starter, and that lineup is no joke. Marlins, man, I love – I absolutely love the Marlins. And I, I'm, I'm a little – we were speaking about this beforehand. I'm a little unsure about the playoff structure. Mm-hmm. If it's expanded, that's where a team like the Marlins is a super push for me. You know, if it's not in contracted – then I think you touched on where I would want to be, Chris. And it's I'd more look to win the division than try and hit the over total. And this is going to sound strange, but you could get one without the other. So we know they're going to be pushing for the division, and we'd hate for them to fall short on the wins. Of course, every team's trying to win every game. But I think the division might be had with fewer wins is what I think I should have said. So I like the Braves a lot. Man, I'd like to see Soroka throw with full velocity. It yeah. sounds like he's tracking to. So yeah, it looks like it sounds he's like close. he's tracking to pitch. Yeah. yeah. So that's where some of my confidence is coming from. But in order to let me put it this way, in order to bet for 90 wins, we're gonna need 26 starts for Mike Soroka. So let's let's know that we're gonna get that first. Because I don't know how much this line will change, right? So I don't think you it's not a great line. So I don't think you have to run to smash it. So some of these I, I would put this in like the hold pattern. I'm gonna put this one in a holding pattern to wait for a little more info. So I, I think you're, you're kind of grouping them together and, and let's just do that. Let's group this division together and then we'll get out of here on maybe some futures and, and whatnot. So yeah, Atlanta, 91 and a half, Washington, 84.5, New York, the Mets, 90.5. You bring in Lindor, the, the Carrasco, who's dealing with something. Looks like Syndergaard potentially end of May uh, for, for his return, obviously ace up at the top and DeGrom and the Miami who is, you've already alluded to them. One of the more shocking teams last season, right? This was a team who competed for the division four games back of the Braves 31 to 29. And, and they got some pitchers, man. They really do. They got some young promising some players and uh, jazz Chisholm is going to start with this team too. So it's yes. exciting. It's exciting times to be a Marlins fan. I think yeah. 71.5 and then the Phillies 80.5, who I just think has, done nothing but disappoint over the past couple of years with all the pieces yeah. that they have brought in. So I think I know the answer and you kind of already talked about it. Miami would potentially be that team that you would get involved with, but is there any of those totals that you would sprinkle anything on or is it just a, a stay away altogether? No, I'm, I'm absolutely smashing Miami. There is no question about it. The one pick I'll give away for free. You know, it's going to be on my ticket. I was bullish on them last season. I like to bet on power pitching. Right, so that's like one of my things. I like to bet on pitching because to me, pitching is what wins. Yeah, I believe the Marlins have a top. Okay, I I know they have a top five rotation. I believe they have a top three rotation in all of baseball or in the NL. In all of baseball, I think wow. I I the Dodgers are better, the Padres are better. We're talking one through five. Okay, so I don't want anybody to come. Don't come to me with even. Man, the Mets, we're going to have to see Lucchese. We're going to have to see Peterson. Yeah. We're going to get Mets on paper back. always have a top rotation. <laughs> Same for the Braves, right? we got to see Soroka, and we have to know who's going to be in that five hole. You're going to make – it's very hard to make an argument, at least for me, that you have the best rotation having a total hole. And unfortunately, right now, that's how I see the Braves. That fifth spot that we thought might go to Kyle Wright, it might go to Bryce Wilson. 
Who knows if they're going to bring back Felix Hernandez? Like, that's a hole. The Braves' five spot is a gigantic hole for me right now. The Marlins' five spot is a tremendous plus, and I might argue blind, Trevor Rogers might be the best number five starter in the league. You know, if not, a, again, a top three. And that's where the Marlins are so good. They might not have Garrett Cole, like, so fine. But whoever they send out there on day one or game one of a playoff series can pitch with your number one. Whether it be Pablo Lopez or Sandy Alcantara, they could run with the very best. And as you stretch through the Marlins rotation, they begin to gain relative edge because they have like five number ones. And they might not be the greatest number ones, but they're all kind of number one, number twos. You know, so where Alcantara might not be as good as your one, but now Lopez is probably better than your two. And Sixto is probably better than your three. And Rogers is probably better than your four. And Eliezer Hernandez is better than your five. Or flip-flop four and five. These guys are super impactful on per inning basis. The Marlins have shown to allow their pitchers to go for distance. They are up there in the lead of like seven inning performances over the past couple of years. Being head by Alcantara, he is a superstar right now. People are knocking this guy for not striking people out. And I don't know, don't look at your spring training stats before you draft in my league because I have like 100% Sandy Alcantara. I think he is an ace. People I think are get for the same thing that he doesn't strike guys out, but I think he's a phenomenal pitcher. Like who cares? He's striking out the world right now. Yeah. And oh, I did a little deep dive on him. If you'd like to know why you get behind that $20 FTN fantasy package that I'm always hawking. Um, but I, no, back to the Marlins, love the Marlins. The bullpen is it's, it's patchworked, but it's decent. They've also shown they'll add because this is not your, you know, your uncle's Marlins. This is uncle Derek Jeter's Marlins now. So there's a little, you know, they spend smart, right? And again, you know, bringing in a piece like Marte for me, that's a, you know, it's a pretty big piece. So I love the Marlins. I think they're being totally under, un, you know, undersung. The Phillies, you nailed it. Totally disappointing. They're a 500 team at best. And the market seems to agree 80 games. I'm not touching the Phillies again, Jekyll and Hyde. Aaronola, they're going to win every time he goes out there. I don't even know who's going to be the four or five in Philly. I know they're really struggling, and I know with whatever, a team in general, if you miss Nick Pavetta, you're struggling, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> People love Matt Moore. I'm not ready to go. I'm no, not betting on a team who's, who's fake relies on Matt Moore. I'm sorry. Yeah, what year is this? Yeah, um, yeah I agree. The Phillies are... I mean, they are just juiced here. Minus one forty three. No, I, no. I would, I would lean to the under at plus one thirteen eighty eighty point five. It's, it's a stay yeah, away from me. It's not one of my favorites, but I would go under before I would yeah, go over. With that's the better bet, Chris. And I think for people watching, Chris just kind of walked you through some very important, like probabilistic kind of thinking. That was strong method, Chris. Even if you don't pull the trigger, always think, people. See how quickly he drew that to the math and made his balance and said, wait. Price plus outcome, there's your pick. So, yeah, if you want the Phillies, you got to go under because the pathway for them to bottom out is, like, certainly there. You know, they're not very deep as far as pitching or positional depth. And if they lose a Harper or something, forget oh, it. They're, you know, the bot- there's no bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you said they're a 500 team. They they were that a couple of years ago, 81 and 81. And then last year, 28 and 32. So, like, they're not, yeah, not even very good. Five, they're not even a 500 team. Yeah since they started making all of these additions, right? The, yeah, they, they Muto, strengthened the McCutcheon, the, the Harper, none of those guys. Well, they strengthened the bullpen and they were awful. I believe they were the worst bullpen in baseball last year and covering every game on cork stats. I like to, I zoom in on the bullpen and man, they were, they were, they were awful. So they're hoping, I mean, Bradley's Bradley's just all yeah. right. 
Neris has been okay. I like Alvarado. I like, like if too. I had to take a pick for who kind of emerges from that bullpen, it's Alvarado, but they're certainly not locked down. And the rest of those guys are not that great. So yeah, Nola Wheeler and to a lesser extent, Eflin is very strong, but once you're in that Matt Moore, Chase Anderson, you could be talking about 40% of your games. You're, you're just a very heavy underdog. So Miami over 71.5 is a yes. bet that we both like. They're 10 Love to it. 1 to make the postseason. I mean, it's a long shot, but those are those are decent odds there as well. Um, okay, so let's let's talk NL MVP and NL Cy Young. And we'll actually, because we've gone so long, we'll we'll save the World Series predictions for the AL show. So okay. watch that show, guys. And <laughs> uh, we'll get the predictions here. NL Cy Young, Jacob DeGrom plus 425, Trevor Bauer 700, Max Scherzer plus 950, Walker Bueller 10 to 1, Udarvis 12 to 1, Nola 12 to 1, Snell 12 to 1, Castillo 15 to 1, Flaherty 15 to 1, Freed 17 to 1. I don't usually like to just take the favorite here, but I mean, DeGrom is, is a pretty strong bet, oh, I yeah. think, at plus 425. Max Scherzer, I have some concerns. I think he can get close to a couple years ago, but the back has creeped up over you know the past couple years. He really gave everything that he had in that World Series run. They got the ring. Uh, I'm not completely sold that he can put – Cy Young numbers up again Bauer there's just a lot going on there with the Dodgers a lot of just Bauer is and Bueller and Kershaw all these guys are probably going to have you know great seasons and how do you choose between the three and it's just like okay well DeGrom DeGrom stands out and if the Mets make the playoffs it's it probably has a lot to do with DeGrom even if they don't make the postseason I, I'm in on DeGrom I think plus 425 is actually a decent price yeah I would agree I'm surprised it's I'm surprised it's, it's this high because yeah. Again, if we get down to brass tacks, are there really three other people you believe have an equal chance of winning as Jacob DeGrom? And the answer is probably not. No. So uh, I'm off of the NL West. I've been kind of alluding to that, right? I think the Padres beat up the Dodgers and vice versa. And I think all of those pitchers are going to have to go to cores. And you might be getting a little bit of ding damage on the whip and the old ERA there may cost you a couple wins. So for me, it's, a, it's kind of easy to scratch off the NL West when trying to consider my Cy Young winner. Uh, I mentioned the defense behind Castillo. I think that may be the thing to kind of keep him from that, right? If they're not all errors, sometimes they're just not good plays. A kicked ball or two. I mean, I watch a lot of Reds baseball. happens all the time. (laughs) I think DeGrom is a viable pick, of course. I think Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff are both viable picks, right? So I got Woodruff at 22 to one Corbin at 28 to one. And you're going to see where I'm going with this. Now, unfortunately they don't think as highly of Sandy Alcantara as I do. The good people at DraftKings have not added him. So I'd be looking for Alcantara uh, because it means that maybe he'd be better than this 66 to one. And he certainly has a better chance than 66 to one to win the Young. And like, you know, that would just be a huge windfall, but where I was going with this is check this out people. As you get further down these lists and the, the payoffs kind of hit these like orders of magnitude, you know, you don't have to put all your eggs in a basket. And I, I don't in particular with futures. So I haven't drawn up my futures ticket yet, but if we could give people a little, little look into the madness, I'm, I'm envisioning a large bubble that says the Grom with smaller bubbles that say Woodruff burns paddock, <coughs> excuse me. And maybe, Kyle Hendricks, you know, 66 to one. Kyle Hendricks certainly shouldn't be 66 to one. He's one of the best pitchers in the game. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't need to strike people out to win the Cy Young. You could, you know, have the big win total with the low whip and all the low ERA or whatever. Yeah. So where I was getting at is you can create a scenario where any of the desired results profit, you know, create a profitable outcome for your venture. So I know it's not as sexy sometimes, Chris. You could tell I'm a professional and it's not to toot my own horn. I'm getting at that it's boring. You know, snake oil selling touts on Twitter tell you to put all your money on this one long shot and then, you know, whatever. And then they change their record the next day. When in reality, the best way to do anything is to diversify, to do your math, weigh your risk board, you know, out and build a, uh, a, a ticket, like a kind of diverse ticket where, you know, maybe we have five horses going and we're going to get a nice profit if any of them go. Because again, you know, one injury and your, your horse is down. So I like to diversify, really. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, no, I think that's smart. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, I was just taking a look at Washington again. I'm just kind of recapping. I know we're off that division. I was just looking at the Nats. Like if, if, if Strasburg, Corbin and Scherzer are just 80% of themselves, that's another team, right? That could certainly make the postseason with the additions. Oh, we kind of skipped like, We did skip yeah. them, but I was just, I was just recapping here for the end of the show. And I just, I just got thinking with the, the NL and I was like, Scherzer, nah. And then I started looking at, you know, you're going a little bit deeper. And then I started looking at, at Strasburg and, and Corbin and Strasburg's already dealing with something. It's just so risky, but the, you know, there's an opportunity there. I think in the market is, is, is giving an opportunity even in season long and probably in the, in the DFS world. I think these guys will, I don't know. It's it's because last year was so different. And then the injuries, you know, Corbin losing some velocity and all this. I think that there's like a bit of a buy buying window and opportunity for some value, but it is hard to get away from the top of the board. I like the long shots that you have. It's just, you usually don't see like the Grom. It's usually a stud, right? That wins. Yeah. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. But I mean, you know, uh, Come but on, I like R. the long shot. R.A. Dickey has a Cy Young. Sure. Rick Porcello has a Cy Young. Yeah. There's a couple of guys out there that we may not, you know, or not. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, it happens. Sure. But again, I, I don't, uh, I don't bet the farm on the long shot, right? I, especially when we get to sixty-six to one. Exactly. You no, could be I think talking a- about just having, literally, just a few dollars on each of those guys to orbit your DeGrom pick, right? If DeGrom is the right. sun in the center of your Cy Young solar system, my kids are learning about planets, you can tell. Um, you know, then we're going to have the other the other guys kind of orbit him. And just in case DeGrom, listen, I don't think anyone thinks he'll be bad, but just in case he goes down, wow, think about where some of those odds might go without, you know, the 425 on the board. Remember, that would create a, an enormous butterfly effect, this cascading effect really across the entire board if a big guy were to go down so i think that's another another good reason to get a few bucks down on the outliers for health yeah yeah such a good call absolutely no i agree and when and that's why i started thinking about those nats guys it's just like there isn't would anybody would we be shocked if strasburg had like a a cy young season or close no they're really good no yeah really good and they check those boxes they have they're deep they have power pitching up front I, I think they're a starter short. And I think that's why we're seeing them with the 84 win total opposed to 88, 89, because they also have a couple guys to lop off at the you know innings at the end of the game. I'm a bit spotty on hand, though. I think he's a very good closer. Uh, I was talking more about Rainey and Hudson. Those guys are right, very yeah. good. They're very good. And you're not expecting to score a lot on the Nats now at the end of a game. 
So they, you know, again, they, they checked the boxes to take the step forward. I thought, I thought Austin Voth was going to be the fifth guy for them. It has not panned out. He also did not win the job this year. It's been, it looks like it's Joe Ross. who I don't particularly like very much. They're sitting on Eric Fetty. And they're hoping John Lester finds something. He was very no bad chance. last year. No chance. There's no so chance. So, again, we – right? There's a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde with the Nats. There's a downside there, in particular with the, the health to Strasburg. You know, if he if, – if they lose anybody, I'm worried about Corbin's fastball. You know, so the Nats, the Nats are yeah. iffy for me. I'm not going over, but I think the pathway is there for them to succeed. Yeah, and, and again, tough division. We'll stop yeah. you there on Lester. But okay, so let's get out of here on NL MVP. Mookie Betts plus seven fifty, Juan Soto seven fifty, Acuna eight eight to one, Bellinger eight to one, Fernando Tatis Jr. plus eight fifty, Arenado twelve to one, Freeman twelve to one to repeat, Lindor twelve to one, Yelich twelve to one, Harper fifteen to one. What do you think? Well, this one, this one, I think I'm going to go back to what you were saying about the pitching, and I think this one is very much a premier player base mm-hmm. where I was able to name a couple of offshoot Cy Youngs. I'm struggling to name offshoot MVPs. I feel like we can name offshoot batting title winners, right? That's a bit wonky, but MVPs feel like those are the marquee guys. So I'm going to stay with the marquee guys. I, off the top of my head, this sounds kind of silly to do it this way, but right. Who could win the MVP? Mookie Betts can win the MVP, and uh, man, Juan Soto can win the MVP. Ronald Acuna, Fernando Tatis. Uh, I think Freddie Freeman and Francisco Lindor, Christian Yelich, let's say. Uh, maybe even like a Bryce Harper. So I name maybe seven or eight guys. They're all kind of going seven to up. There we go, seven to one, eight to one, 12 to one. So I'd have to narrow that down a little bit to the top layer, which would probably be Yelich, Soto, Acuna. In this scenario, not that I don't like Mookie Betts, I would be playing into the fact that maybe Bellinger and Acuna, uh, Bellinger yeah. and Betts eat away at each other a little bit. Yeah. That does happen a bit with MVP. Uh, again, to that marquee kind of singular guy, you know. I guess that could be the same for Acuna and Freeman, but Acuna is just so man. Some guys just kind of transcend that popularity. Acuna and Soto are those kind of guys. And you see it in like the baseball card market, as weird as it sounds. Got some players garner so much interest in everything they do that everything they touch just goes to gold. And that's the kind of thing that gets those MVP votes. I hate to make it that subjective, but this is, this is a subjective thing, right? It's not, it's not the number one player on the Rasball player Raider. It's not the top overall fantasy producer. It is a subjective award. So I think we have to play into that a bit. So I'd probably be doing the same thing and splitting my chips on those guys. Though looking at the board and not seeing the 60 to one, the 30 to one that I love so much, I may just stay away. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's for me either. I, I like Soto at seven fifty. That's kind of my guy. I, I think you said it perfectly like Betts and Bellinger eating into each other. And then the pitching staff, like how do you pick an MVP on that team? Like they're just, right. they're just absolutely loaded. And you can almost say the same thing for the Braves, even though Freeman won last year, but it was Acuna who struggled off the top and he missed some time striking out a lot. And Albies was, you know, a slow starter too. He had the wrist injury. So there's, there's a lot of studs on that team as well. You know, Soto, I was looking into this and you don't have to 
make the postseason win the MVP. We know this about Trout. I mean, Stan, yeah. your boy Stan, same thing. A Rod, uh, he won MVP. A Rod. Yeah. Uh, there's been uh, numerous guys who have won the MVP with, uh, with their team making the postseason. So even if you don't like the Nats to to get it done, um, you know they can Soto can still come away with the with the NL MVP. Yeah. And he was what second in baseball last year with average led Woba. He was an absolute stud, and he oh, missed. Yeah, crazy a couple weeks to start the season on the COVID list. So maybe, you know, you get those two weeks in there, the counting stats come up and he's, maybe he's a little bit closer to Freeman at the end of the day. Maybe he comes away with the MVP only 22 years old guys. That's it. He walks more than he strikes out. He is. He's He's my favorite player. I just, I just recently told my wife, my kids are, I can only wear Yankee stuff unless it's Juan Soto. Like that's how much I really love Juan Soto. My son is allowed to wear a Juan Soto Jersey. That's how much I love him. That's a great well, thing. Well, that's that's nice, and that's my pick. <laughs> and maybe we can get an MVPT next year. We'll see about that. Um, so that's that's gonna do it. I know we went a little long. Um, we like to talk baseball here. So if you if you've hung around the whole show, we appreciate it. Uh, just a little bit of a recap here: Padres over ninety four and a half, Arizona under seventy four and a half, like San Fran over seventy five. Like St. Louis over 86, like them to make the postseason two minus 124. Milwaukee over 82 and a half plus 145 to make the playoffs. And I know you like the division three to one. That's not bad right there. Miami over 71.5, long shot 10 to one to make the postseason. Anything I missed? Any favorite bets that you have off the top of your head that you wanted to, to throw to recap? No, the, the thing that I would, I'm just telling people is again, uh, the playoffs. Major League Baseball will spring it on us at the last second that they're changing the format. In fact, I had bets in, and then they changed the format last year. So just keep your ear to the ground. Wait to the last minute. Well, yeah, even I was going to say more. So I hope it doesn't sound like a like cheating or you know not cheating, just malfeasance. I guess like just be ready if you hear that announcement. You ru- you absolutely run to the book. I mean, you don't walk. You drop the kids with the wife. You run to the book and you start hitting those auxiliary picks because the teams that could fill in, you know, just outside the wild card. That's the Nats. That's the Marlins. You know, teams that we we the way it's structured, we're not sure they're going to be able to overtake, but. If you open up the door a little bit wider, I think they squeeze in, right? So just – that's the only thing I'm really keeping in mind because I've been waiting for it for the past couple of days, Chris. It hasn't happened, and it might not happen, but that's why I haven't bet it yet. But I am ready for it because I just – this doesn't count for anything. You know, this and 325 will get you on the bus over here, or the bus costs 325. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to happen. I just – I feel like they're going to announce it because that's – they're so selfish. And, you know, birds – fly and fish swim and MLB owners just obsess over money. So I wouldn't be surprised if they expand the playoff system because that's where they make the big bucks. I hope so. Last year it's fun. I like seeing the the extra teams in the postseason. John, you're fantastic. Thank Check you. Check out John on Twitter at MLB Moving Averages. He is the host of Cork Stats. Big John over at FTN. And again, just like this video and you will see John on uh, fantasy baseball picks and bets throughout the season here on the Mayo Media Network. So please subscribe and you'll be able to get the video right away. If you have your favorite bet, leave it. I'm, I'm just curious to see where people, who people are yeah. feeling. So leave it in the comment section, circle back and take a look at it myself. So thanks for taking the time to hang out and make sure you watch the AL video as we will give our World Series predictions in that video.
We'll talk to you soon. Cheers.